Thanks, Kelly. This is a real privilege to be with you today. You all kind of in the spit zone. Sorry about that. I'm not used to anybody sitting in the front two rows. Um, yeah, Winborn is a small church. We got 60 or 70 people there. I usually come uh, here on Tuesday mornings for chapel because I need to get preached at too. And I sit back there with Big Ted and he puts his arm around me and tries to run his fingers through my hair, which is weird, but I love him. And, Pastor, and uh, President Mark invited me to speak and then he's not here, so I don't know what to think about that exactly. So he, asked, he gave me the topic of, uh, so who am I, continuing on in the series, which is an awesome series, and I've learned a lot uh, being here. And he asked me to speak on given the Holy Spirit. And so with fear and trembling, I said, okay. And then I told Kelly this morning, it's too late to say no, right? And he said, yes, it's too late to say no. So I trust that some of my thoughts would be helpful to you today and would encourage you. The text I was given is in Romans 8. So if you have your Bible with you, which you should, you can follow along. I'll read a, read a couple of verses out of Romans 8. But it's my practice before I open the Word of God to pray. So can we pray twice, Kelly? Is that a, okay, thanks. All right, let's pray. It's a real short prayer, and I've prayed this prayer for over a year every time I preach, and I'm starting to get it. So pray with me. Oh, Lord, in your mercy and kindness, open your word to us and open us to your word. Amen. Romans 8, starting in verse 6, I'll skip around a little bit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, but if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. For you all are, who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. A couple of phrases to think about. To set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. Peace, shalom, flourishing, productive, fruitful. His spirit who dwells in you, dwells, lives, abides, cohabits, if you will. And we have received as a gift the spirit of adoption. It's pretty clear from other passages, Ephesians 1 and other places, that when we trust Jesus to save us from our sinfulness and our sin, not only does he delight to do that in his great mercy and love, 
But he gives us this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's really clear from the scriptures that we just read that he dwells in us. He seals us as his children. He makes us part of the family. We're his dwelling place. He cohabits ourselves with us. In John, we read that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to dwell on his disciples, that they would know him. To dwell is not just to visit, it's to remain. To continue to be present. To live, to occupy, to cohabit. And to know is to come to know. To learn to know. To get a knowledge of. The Holy Spirit is in our lives to be relationally present. Relationally present to be known and to know. I'm not very good with overhead things. Okay, that, yeah, we did that. Okay, in there somewhere. Okay. Well, I don't know about all of you, if you grew up in church or whatever, you probably heard this like a hundred times and you know that, oh yes, I, I have the Holy Spirit within me. And I've known this ever since I was knee-eyed to a grasshopper, which was shortly after the earth was cooling, and I don't really understand it in a way. I mean, how can someone else live in me, like this Holy Spirit, how can he cohabit me and dwell within me? Even if I accept it as true, what, what good is it? What good is he? How do I think about this? It's always puzzled me. If I have the Holy Spirit, how do I be filled with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit dwells in me. Paul tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's here, but like, is he not all there? Or what? So when we get the Holy Spirit, like, do we just get part of him? Like, an arm or something. I don't like. <laughs> how does how does that how does that work? And and so I was thinking through this and studying and praying through this, and the thought came to me that it's kind of like my house. Okay. If I was to invite you to my house, which I am, like if you want to come, you talk to me after, you'll come. We'll have like a party. It'd be great. You would drive up by the church in Wimborne, which you can't really miss because there's only two streets and one of them's a highway. And you would drive up next to this little burgundy house and you would walk around on the sidewalk on the east side and you would step up onto the little veranda under the roof and you'd knock on the porch door and probably, well, no, I would, I would say, come on in. And so you would come in. And, okay, you digital media people, don't laugh at my pictures, okay? <laughs> I did the best I could. Okay, and you would walk in the door, I would say, you come on in. And you would come in. And you would be in the porch, and we've got a cool porch. It's got like big rustic benches and hooks and things. And 
a big picture of all our friends and families and different things. And you would come in and you would be in the house. Unless there's something really drastically wrong, you would be all in the house. Like all of you. Like your entire being would be in the house. Right? You would be in the house. All of you. But you would just be in the porch. Which is a cool place to be. And we, we would visit in the porch and we'd talk a little bit and I'd say, take off your shoes and take off your jacket, hang them up, throw them on the bench, come on in. And I'd invite you in to the kitchen where all good things happen. And I would say, come on in. And more than likely we'd end up at the dining room table because that's the heart of the house. That's where things happen. That's where relationships happen. And my wife, whom I love very dearly, and I love her more because she just got back from a two-week cruise with her mom and her sister last night, which was awesome. And she would say, let's play a game. And she would break out the cards or the whatever, and we'd sit around that table and we'd play games and we'd visit as long as we wanted to. We might even sit in the living room. And I might even let you sit in my chair. <laughs> which is a privilege not given to many. And you would be in the house. But we have other rooms. We, you can't see it very good, but there's a crib and a whole bunch of little toys. And that's for our grandkids, which is awesome when they come. Jackson plays. And you might want to go in there. Well, you might need to use the facilities, so you might need to go to the bathroom. There's our bedroom. I probably won't invite you in there because that would be weird. But, <laughs> but in the bedroom, there's this door, and that's the closet, and there's things in there. I know. And then there's a little door above the door, and there's things in there. I'm not sure what. I haven't looked in there for a very long time, and I'm not about to. <laughs> but then we go in the basement, and in the utility room, there's a cold room. It's a gray plywood door, and behind it's scary. <laughs> and in, in the room with all the toys for the grandkids, there's actually a closet door behind the dresser. <clears throat> we don't go in there a lot. <laughs> and then there's the attic. And when we did some renovations in the house two, three years ago, we had to go up there. You know what I found up there? There used to be like a room, like an attic I don't know, bedroom or something, because there's a double bed frame up there, like a steel one, and they can't get it out. We couldn't get it out because there was no hole big enough. So that was weird. <laughs> our life is kind of like our house, in a sense. As a disciple of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, 
he's all in the house, like he's all there. Like when I let you in the door and you come in the porch, all of you is there. Question is, I think, is how much of the house is the Holy Spirit in? He's all in the house, but is he in all the house? How much of my house is the Holy Spirit in? Because we invite him into the porch, right? Maybe into the kitchen, maybe the dining room. And that's comfortable. It doesn't disrupt our life too much. We're aware that he's there, but we're a little bit careful where we take him in our house. But he desires to be relationally present. He's not there just to be there. He's there to be relationally present. He wants to know and be known. And this doesn't just happen in the porch. It doesn't just happen in the kitchen. It doesn't just happen around the dining room table. How do we get to know him? As Paul writes, how do we keep in step with him? How do we be filled with him? And I think it's not by just desiring more of him or seeking an experience where if you get into the right setting with the right music and the right lights and the smoke and the good speaker and you get really convicted, you can have this experience. And that might happen and that's probably not all bad. I don't know about you, but whenever we have an experience like that, the first thing we want to do is replicate it. (laughs) I think that being filled with the Spirit is more, it's, it's more than that. To know the Holy Spirit, to be filled with Him, I think, is to, to keep in step with Him is, is like inviting Him into all the house. It's to agree with Him about our life, to take Him and show Him the closet, the crawl space, the cold room, the attic. Because we all have rooms that we don't go into in our life. It is said that, I don't know where I heard this, but there's probably five to 10% of our life that we never talk about, even to ourselves. It's off limits, we don't go there. And these are the closets and the attics and the cold rooms, the cold, dark places where the light never shines in where dark secrets live. And the filling of the Holy Spirit, the walking in the Spirit, the keeping in step with the Spirit, I understand, the way I understand it, it, it's to be a, a way of life as opposed to an event or a singular occurrence. It's to be a regular pattern of life. And how do we do this? Once we have the Holy Spirit, once he dwells within us, how do we be filled with him? 
How do we walk with him? And I have five suggestions that have been effective in my life as I grow in this area. And if you take these to heart, I promise you it'll change your life if you have the courage to take the journey. But a, a note before we get into the five suggestions. We can do all of this stuff in our head if we want to. We can, we can do all of this in our minds without uttering a sound, without taking any other action. We can do that, and if we do, I think, probably, most likely, it will be largely ineffective. I believe that we need to speak these things out loud, preferably after writing them out. Because something happens when we write something down. Between our brains and our pen, a lot of clarity happens. Our thoughts and intentions and desires are clarified between our mind and our pen. How often have you written something down and said, that is stupid? Whoever thought of that? Oh, that was me. <laughs> it becomes clear when we can see it. And when we speak them out loud, sometimes we say something out loud and it's like, oh, that was retarded. That doesn't make any sense at all. And so we have to revamp it and say, oh no, this is what I meant. But when we write it down and we speak it out, not only do we hear ourselves say it, and there's value in that, so does the evil one. And, once, and what was once in darkness is now in the light. And he doesn't have any power to use the thing anymore. That's awesome. So write it down and speak it out. First thing is recognize the current reality. And first thing in doing just about anything. Where are we at? Recognize the current reality. Take an honest assessment of how far into the house the Holy Spirit goes. Does he live on the porch? Is he allowed in the kitchen and the dining room? Can he go anywhere but... Can he... But... Just take an honest assessment. Recognize the current reality of how much of the house is he in. And then believe that he brings life and peace. That's what the word of God says. Holy Spirit is life and peace. He isn't in our life as a negative present. He doesn't come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil's job. He comes to bring life and peace. He brings the life of Christ, which is incredible. And he brings health and wholeness and freedom and flourishing and fruitfulness. He is for you, not against you. So believe the scriptures. He brings life and, pre and peace. He Trust God's word. How do we believe the scriptures? Well, just act like it's true and see. 
Trust his word, he brings life and peace. Recognize the current reality, believe that he brings life and peace. Ask him where he wants to look. He knows you better than you do. He knows what you need to see and what you don't need to see yet. He's got plans for your house. He's a plan for transforming you. Trust him. Ask him where he wants to look. And then open up the door to that room. If he wants to get into that closet, well, clear the way, brace yourself, and open the door. If he wants access to the secret room behind the false wall in the closet that you put up there to store special things behind it, well, if he wants access to that secret place behind the false wall that you put up to keep everybody out, even yourself, well, break a hole in it and let him in. Trust his wisdom and his providence and his presence. Ask him where he wants to look and then listen and open the door. You might say, how do I listen to the Holy Spirit? Well, well, you know your voice, the one that's in your head, and you know the voice of other people that run tracks in your head, and you know the voice of the evil one and what he usually gets, tries to get you to do. The, the Holy Spirit's not those. You'll know because it's he usually speaks through his word or through one of his people. Ask him where he wants to look and then just open the door. Recognize the current reality. Believe that he brings life and peace. Ask him where he wants to look. Be honest, thorough, and specific. It's not enough to say, Holy Spirit, I give you access to all my life. Uh, probably nothing's going to happen. Generalities don't carry a lot of weight, I find. Be transparent. Be specific. Be thorough. If he wants to look through your computer browsing history, then open the sucker up and let him have a look. Where do you go? What do you look at? What do you read? What do you watch? If he wants access to your phone, open it up. Be specific. Maybe he wants to have a look at your bank statements and how you spend your money. Well, crack them open. Let him have a peek. If he wants to look in your closet and see and bring out some past hurts and wounds, be specific and honest. If he asks you for the names and faces of those who have caused pain in your life, do the work and write it down. Be specific. If he asks you for the names of those that you have hurt, pony up and do the work. Write it down. Be specific. And if he asks you, if he convicts you of a certain practice or habit, 
or attitude that's present in a room, then have the courage to bring it into the light. Be specific. Be thorough and be honest. He can't transform and heal and make new and bring deliverance to something that we're not honest about, that we're not specific about. Write it down and speak it out, all of it. Be honest, thorough, and specific. Recognize the current reality. Believe that he brings life and peace. Ask him where he wants to look. Be honest, thorough, and specific, and be obedient. It's not actually rocket surgery. If I can figure it out, you guys are probably brighter than I am. The Holy Spirit is ready and willing to live in the whole house. He holds the title to it. It's his house in a way. He wants to live in all the house. He wants to cohabit with you. He wants to dwell with you and he's not renting a room. Wants to be all, he wants to be in all the house. And if we don't do the work to let him into every room, to every nook and every cranny, to bring his healing, his health, his wholeness, freedom, and deliverance, then he won't. He'll hang out in the porch and visit. Where do I start? You might be asking that. This might be... This might be appealing to you. You want the Holy Spirit all in. In all the house. And so my question might come, where do I start? Well, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I were, I'd lay a 10 to 1, you already have the answer to that question. Chances are he's already knocking at the door of some room in your house and you... Chances are you're already aware of something in your life that you keep away from him, something that you do or think in private, in secret, in the dark. I'll bet that there is some attitude or some relationship, some addiction, some habit that you are already aware of that is in need of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. Start there. Don't look for the great revelation or whatever. Just do what's in front of you. You already know, probably. Some of you are thinking about it right now. Probably, oh yeah, I do this thing. I have this bad attitude. I treat her this way. I treat him this way. Start there. So what's stopping us? Why wouldn't we want? Why wouldn't we want this? Why wouldn't we want to have him in all the house to bring life and and peace? Why wouldn't we do that? Well, you might think, oh, it's too hard. It's just so much work. I have classes. Okay, well, whatever. Say, it's too painful. Uh, No, not really. The pain is already there. It's just hidden, probably. You cope with it. You mask it, whatever. You don't get any more pain. You just face it, then you walk through it. You say, well, I'm afraid. Well, so? Take courage, for he is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. 
put on your big boy pants and walk through it. And some of us like to go, well, what about him? What about the really bad people? What about him? You know, I know that he does this. Or I know he, well, let the Lord deal with him. If we only do what we've always done, we only get what we've already got. As disciples of Jesus, saved by his incredible grace and mercy and sacrifice, we've been given this indescribable gift of the Holy Spirit. And I suspect that for many of us, we don't really understand or believe that it's a great gift. When we're convinced of him, when, we're, when we see the incredible beauty of holiness of Jesus and we're captivated by his love and we're wooed by his kindness and we're enthralled by his most excellent character, we throw open all the doors to all the rooms in the house and say, come on in, have your way with me for you are good and glorious and you love me. It's a win-win. He gets the glory and we get the good. How cool is that? We're given the Holy Spirit as this incredible gift. We are commanded to be filled with him. He's all in the house. All of them. You can't get more of him. He's, he's there. All of them. The question is, is he in all your house? Is he in all the house? Is he in all your house? He's all in the house. Is he in all the house? Good and gracious Father, I can hardly believe that you love me enough to save me. And then, and then, and then you give me your spirit to keep me, to guide me, to comfort me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your children here today, those that love you and trust you. And I pray that you would draw them by your great love into the freedom and flourishing and wholeness that you have for your kids. Grant us courage and strength to give you access into every room, every nook, every cranny, every corner, even the places that we don't go in our house so that we can live with you, we can cohabit with you in peace and wholeness and freedom and fruitfulness. Thank you so much for your heart of love for us. Help us. Help us to believe it. Help us to believe it. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Gratefully, we don't have time for questions. <laughs> <laughs> so go in peace and have a wonderful day.